Um, so, it, and just as you saw, I am not Apostle Sherman, uh, for those of you looking for him uh, on today. Uh, but it is my honor to stand before you today. Um, can, we, can you do me a favor? And I, and I appreciate that warm-hearted welcome you just gave me. But I know they're not here, but can you just help me and appreciate our Apostles Sherman and Jaquette Dumas? Please, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as, as he said, they are ministering um, out of state today. Um, and it's, it's good that he mentioned it. I need you to understand uh, just what, uh, how significant the house that you're a part of is. Uh, it's very significant, and you shouldn't see it as, I want you to pay attention to this, you should not see it as, wow, my leaders are so significant. You should look at it very differently. You should understand how important you are. It's an indication, actually, of who you are and how important you are, the fact that your leaders are operating on this level. Are you there? And so we, we just, we just we honor God uh, for them, and we honor God. Now, so for the rest of you, some of you still like, who are you, Pastor Byron? It's really of no real significance. I'm, I'm privileged to be the worship pastor here at All Nations San Bernardino. Uh, and so, you know, and I'm, I'm, give, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm taking a moment here. I'm letting you take me in, check me out, do what you got to do so you can hurry up and get past it so we can get to the word, okay? Uh, because, as he said, there is something that's for you. And the problem is with most churches, it's not just here, uh, but most of the time, uh, people attach everything to a specific person or personality. Uh, and, you know, and some of it's our fault. We're so welcoming. We're so innovative. We're so, you know, we, we, we want everyone to be here. Uh, and that may sometimes take away from the reality of what's actually going on, which is this platform that God has provided is not for people to stand up here and talk about him. It's to stand here and talk on his behalf. I need you to catch that. So even when, even when the apostle's up here, he's not just speaking about God. He's speaking for God to you. But here's the thing. It's, uh, good. Put Matthew 10, 40 and 41 up. <clears throat> I'm just going to go through a few preliminary things uh, because I need us to all be on the same page here. Um, so in Matthew 10, this is Jesus talking. He said, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. So here's the reality. There's a, there's a part of God you'll never get if you don't receive who he sent to you. And I know we, have, we all have preferences. We, we, we wish this could be this way. And we, oh, this is my favorite this and my favorite that. But the reality is God decides who you get. Are you still there? Now, here's the next part. 41 says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Y'all see that, right? Well, the reality is he's talking about the same man. So it's not up to the man what you get from him. 
It's up to you. It all depends on how you receive him. So if you receive him as a righteous man, then that's all you'll get from him. But if you receive him as a prophet, then that's what you'll get from him. But the reality is it has nothing to do with the man. You still there? I'm still letting you get, I'm still letting you get used to me. So I'm just giving you some time here because we're about to get into the word. So, uh, again, it's my privilege and honor to be here um, on today in this capacity. Um, can we just honor the worship team? I'm, I'm a worship pastor, so I'm a little biased. But can we thank God for them? And these minstrels over here. Come on. Let's honor them. What most people don't see, you know, you see the 20 minutes that they're up here ministering, but you don't see the hours and the time behind the scenes. Okay, you guys, you guys good? You got me now? You, you, you check me out? You see what I'm wearing? You, every, every, all questions answered? Did you ask your neighbor, wait, who's, uh, you got it? You ready to go? Okay. So give me, uh, let's turn to Exodus. Chapter 25. This is the beginning. I'm honored to do this. The beginning of the series, The Meetup. The Meetup. The Meetup. I love these. these. Can we honor our creative team as well? I mean, I'm saying. I'm just saying. I mean, excellence is just a thing around here. And so we honor the creative team. Pastor Diana, we, we honor her. Yeah, she's, she's worthy of it. Exodus 25. So we're going to read just a little bit. Is that okay? Everybody else, is that okay with you too? Okay. So let me just lay some ground rules here. Y'all talk back to me, all right? So I'm, I'm going to also adjust your expectations. I'm, I'm not going to yell as much as a possible. It's just not, it's not going to happen. So I'm not quite as charismatic, but I promise you will benefit from our time together. Okay? And if I promise you, if you give me your attention, I will be as careful as I can be with the time we're going to spend together. Okay? So just give me the next two to three hours, and I will have you. <laughs> I actually could do that, but no. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. Okay. Uh, Exodus 25. We're just going to read a little bit. Uh, starting at verse number one, we're going to just read a few verses here. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat's hair. Ram skins dyed red, badger skins and acacia wood, oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. Oxen stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Last verse, according to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings just so you shall make it. Thank you. Let's thank God for the reading of his word. Uh, so this is the, the first message of the meetup. 
Um, and we're going to just, we're just going to walk through the word a little bit. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, and so <clears throat> this is, this is uh, again, the, books, the book of Exodus, just to give you a little uh, background here. Uh, and before we move too, too deep into it, I have to make a few statements here. Uh, because what I want to lay in this message is just some principal foundation that you're going to have to use to get the concepts of a lot of this stuff. Are you there? Yeah. So um, what, what happens is God is too big for us to really grasp all of. The Bible says that great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. What that actually means is if you could find a beginning to God, you still wouldn't be able to measure it. I want you to get the concept. So uh, the problem with most of us is we try to understand God based on our mindset. Our little, little puny, infinite minds trying to understand God. And we do it all the time. Uh, but the reality is we cannot take all of God uh, at one time. So in his gentlemanness, he gives, it, gives him us, he gives us him, excuse me, piece by piece. So the pieces that he gives are principles. And the principles that he gives, uh, once you get them, you'll be able to apply them to the areas he opens himself up to you as. Are you, are you still there? Uh, and so for where we are now today, again, this is Exodus, but and this, on this side of the resurrection, Everything is by faith. I need you to get this concept. Everything is by faith. Faith. How many enjoyed that series we just came out of uh, about grace? About grace. Um, give me Romans 5, 1 and 2. And I'm going to ask for a little help here. Um, Pastor Diana, can you, can you help me real quick? <clears throat> because this is, this is one, of the, the, one of the challenges... In uh, all believers, because we hear that we hear the the instruction that we're to live by faith. The Bible is clear. It says the just shall live by faith. As a matter of fact, it says we we uh, the just shall live by faith. We don't just walk by faith, but we're supposed to live by faith, right? Uh, and so, and we get we get the we get that that's the thing, but most of us still don't know how to operate in it. Uh, and it's you know there's several reasons for it. Uh, but Romans 5, 1 through, just 1 and 2. I'm just going to, I want to show you something. Um, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we see that, right? It says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, through whom also we have access by faith. You see that again, right? Into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope and in, uh, in, in hope of the glory of God. So we, we get these concepts, and we just came out of this great series, but the reality is most of us are trying to walk by faith, but we're not standing in grace yet. So Pastor Dan, I want you to do me a favor. Don't, without standing, I want you to walk back to your seat. And that's the challenge. Most of us are trying to walk by faith, and we're not yet even standing in grace. And it's a principle because you have to apply this stuff across the board. 
but as you as when once she gets the revelation of how to stand in grace, she can then walk by faith. Are you there? So I want us to get the concept because all of it's so God is abstract. So the whole point of all of this stuff is so far away in our carnal minds. We can't really get it unless we do it by faith. And so as we, as we move in this series and really anything that applies uh, for us as believers, you got to do it by faith, but you got to do it understanding that you got to stand in the grace he's already given you. You can't earn your way into anything from God. Are you there? Did you hear what I just said? You can't earn your way into anything from God. And that's why the grace series is so important. So here in Exodus 25, again, uh, to give you just some context, they had just been delivered from bondage. Hundreds of years of bondage the nation of Israel was in. And if you just research it, I won't get too deep into it now. But the reality is God pulled them out of bondage specifically so that they could worship him. And the, one of the, the issues we have is we just want God to pull us out of bondage because we don't want to be there. But the reality is he delivered Israel from Egypt so that they could worship him. So that they could worship him. And so a lot of us. We just want deliverance. We want all God's stuff, actually. We want his deliverance. We want his provision. We want his healing. We want all this stuff, but we just want it because we want it. But even you'll see, even, even it, what we're about to get into in this passage, the stuff that he gave them to take from Egypt, he gave it to them so that they could give it back to him. Let's look at it again. Pull up Exodus 25. Verse number one. Y'all still with me? Okay. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, stop for a second. So uh, do me a favor. Pull up Malachi 3, verse number six. I want us to get this. This is a principle. You ready? Say, everybody say it loud. Say principle. So once you get these principles, you'll be able to apply them across the board. Malachi chapter three, verse six. I want you to hear what God says about himself. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Y'all see that, right? God says, I don't change. So, if God doesn't change, and he doesn't because he said it, then if God did something, then God does something. You still there? Let's go back to Exodus 25. Thus saith the Lord. 25 and 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, stop for a second. The Lord spoke to Moses, which means God still speaks. If he spoke, then he speaks. Right? Keep going. Verse 2. Speak to the children of Israel. I'm going to stop for a second. Not only does God still speak, he speaks to men and women of God to speak to people. These are principles. We're just laying it out. Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Stop. God speaks to people and tells them to give stuff. 
And this is for those of you that are very resistant to giving. For whatever reason, you feel it belongs to you. You feel someone doesn't deserve it. Well, God didn't say that. Well, actually, God actually does speak to people to give offerings. Here's the rest of it. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. God doesn't want you stinking offering if you don't want to give it. Listen, I'm, that's what he said. It was in your Bible when you got here, I promise. Okay. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. So again, God asked for a specific offering. You're seeing this, right? Okay, pay attention. Uh, skip down to uh, eight. And let them make me a sanctuary. Now we can get to it. So God gives this list of things that he would have his children bring specifically to make a place for him to dwell with them. I want you to get this. I'll just, I'll channel apostle for a second. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, there you go. God wants to dwell with you. You got to get that concept. God desires to dwell with you. He wants to dwell with you. He always has. And I'm going to show you in a second. Um, this has always been God's plan. Again, God said he does not change. So you got to go back to Genesis. I don't know. If we, might, we may not have time to actually go back. So let me just tell you. Uh, but check it. I'm going to you know, go home and check it, please. Fact check me. As, as the apostle says, please fact check me. And Genesis chapter 3. Is, does everyone know this story? The whole fall of man thing, why are we dealing with all this stuff anyway? <laughs> so the short version is God created the heavens and the earth. God set us up. I mean, we was, we was straight. We was straight. I mean, I'm telling you, Eden was all-inclusive, literally. Anyone ever been on, on one of them trips where you, they, everything's just paid for? Your food and well, your alcohol, mm-hmm, y'all. <laughs> but it's all inclusive it's all included you don't got to do nothing you just got to get up and go Eden was like that it was just whatever you wanted it was there that was God's plan from the beginning to just hook us up and hang out with us that was it that literally was the plan right uh, Genesis 3 comes around and you know it was a whole a whole situation with the serpent and the fruit and check it out you know when you get home um <laughs> but here's the reality <clears throat> in verse number eight it says it says them to bring all of these things and let them make me a sanctuary so this is where we start to get tripped up because we can even understand the concept that god wants to dwell with us he's our creator he loves us uh, you know, we just got out of the grace series, and we know the blood of Jesus paid the price for us. And people, we, we really don't even grasp the concept of what that means. And this is why, because we don't really understand this concept of being holy. In 2019, we have an all-inclusive, kind of like Eden, but that's, we, we put everything on a peer level. And so we have no, <clears throat> excuse me, appreciation 
for who God actually is when he says he wants to dwell with us. We think that means just like anybody wants to dwell with us. It's like whatever. We can all hang out. We all got social media. We're all peers on all these other levels. But understand, God is actually holy. And that actually means separate, set apart. So that means there's a vast difference between who God is and whomever you want to put next to him. I need you to get this on another level. God is holy. God is holy. Some people don't even know what that even means. People, and I don't know how you came up. I came up in the era, uh, you know, when I was a kid, where holiness was, it depends on what you were wearing or what you didn't wear. That's what, that's what holiness was. So if you, if you were holy, you had on a long skirt. You had a doily, specifically. You had to have a doily. Even under your hat, you had a doily on. And that's what made you holy. If you wore lipstick, you were not holy. <laughs> Women, if you wore pants, you were not holy. <laughs> and this, this, this is stuff we perpetuated in the church. Uh, but the reality, and the reality is holiness is a position. It's not an action. It's a position. So God is holy. And the problem is we haven't gotten the concept that God just can't be anywhere. So we misinterpret the fact that he loves us, the fact that he cares for us, the fact that he wants the best for us, the fact that he's our creator. We, we, we misinterpret the fact that although all that is true, God can't be just anywhere. And he won't be just anywhere. So God says, look, I want to dwell with you, but I can't as you are. I want you to get this. Not because he doesn't love you, because of who he is. So I want you to think about it like this, because all of this stuff is so abstract, right? Um, if you can think about uh, what's called in, in, in technology a clean room. So what a clean room is, it's, a, it's, an, it's an environment where everything is kept out that will cause contamination. It keeps static out. It keeps germs. It keeps everything out. And to get in, you have to have on this protective suit. And when you go in, there's something that basically cleanses you and gets all the contaminants that you're walking in with off. And when you come out, the same thing, right? It's a clean room. It's static-free. you got to have shoes and gloves and all kind of crazy stuff, right? But it's, and it's, an, it's an environment where anything that gets in there can contaminate the whole thing. So that's, that's, that's kind of how you got to look at um, being in the presence of God is like. God is too pure to just be anywhere that will contaminate his pureness. That's why he couldn't visit us, his people, unless certain things were in place. And, and again, don't confuse what I'm saying with his omniscience and omnipresence. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the dwelling of God. So he says, look, I desire to be with you, to tangibly be with you, but I cannot do it just amongst you as you are with each other. And that's one of the issues. Some of us keep trying to place God in the same group as our peers, as our friends, as our family, 
as our loved ones, as our bosses, as our employees, whomever. You try to make God a regular guy. And as, as much as he wants to have that, uh, that just one-on-one time with you, God is not a regular guy. Are you getting this? Uh, and that's what I'll just pause for a second because most of us really haven't, dis- haven't understood how to layer our relationships. We put everybody on the same level. Everybody should understand everyone cannot be on the same level of relationship. You don't believe me? Ask Jesus. Jesus put everybody in a category. Jesus dealt with the multitudes on one level. Then he dealt with the 70 that he sent out on another level. Then he dealt with the 12 on another level. Then he, then he had the three on another level. And at some point, it just, it just had to be him and God. And the problem is that most of us just do, dwell on the multitude level. And wonder why you can't move, move forward in a lot of situations. You still there? So God says... I desire to dwell with you. Make me a sanctuary. A sanctuary is something that's separate from everything else. When something is sanctified, it's set apart, which means because I used it for that, that means I can't use it for this. And I get, I get, and you know, and we we do a lot of stuff here. Um, And I get, you know, I just, I just, I just did an event. Um, and sometimes for an event, you just you need a venue. So you rent a venue that has the space that you need, et cetera, et cetera. And you bring what you need in. But every place cannot be the place that God dwells. <laughs> uh, go to now. Let's go to Hebrews chapter nine. Because again, in Exodus, we're talking about the Old Testament. He was actually talking about building a physical structure and even in the physical structure he was showing us something because all of this was pre-jesus i want you to get the whole concept um and again i want you to you got to grab this because as i mentioned before you got to receive this by faith you got to receive it by faith which means um you have to believe what he's saying in order to make any progress you still there i'm going to show you right now uh Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to read a little bit more. Is that all right? Can we read a little, little bit of the Bible in church? Hebrews chapter 9. I want, to see, I want to show you something. We're going to go all the way to 14. Verse number 1. Y'all still there, right? Okay. You getting anything out of this? Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary This is the first tabernacle he's talking about. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Let me stop there for a second. So when God gave Moses the instructions about the tabernacle, uh, and we're going to get into this as we go through the series, it it was a very specific design. And I want you to get that concept. God gives details. I want you to get the concept. God gives details on how he desires to interact with you. This is why he says obedience is better than sacrifice. Because, again, he is the star of the show. And most of us think it's about us. That's the first problem. But he says, look, for me to dwell with you, this is how you have to set it up. This is what you have to do if you want me to be with you. Y'all missed most of that. 
this is what you have to do if you want me, being God, the creator of all things, the provider of everything, the healer, the deliverer, if you want me to be with you, this is what you have to do. And we, you know, with this kind of abstract, well, he's talking about building something. No, he's talking about your life. He says, if you want me to be with you, this is what you have to do. Most of us do. God, this is what I'm doing. Won't you come, come, come on now? That's most of how most of us operate that way. God, look, this is what I'm doing. Now I'm going to pray and ask you to be a part of it. As opposed to finding out, God, what do you require to be with me? Not this is what I'm doing. Now you come hang out with me. But what do you require to, to invade my world? How do I need to set up my life so that you can dwell with me? So in the original temple, there was an outer court. There was a holy place. Then there was a holy of holies. And we're going to break all this down as we go. But in the outer court, everyone gathered there. There's only one entrance in and out on the east gate. And we're going to get more into it. Uh, and everyone could be on the outer court. Everyone could be on the outer court. Everyone. Uh, and uh, the outer court had an altar which you burnt sin offerings specifically on the outer court. And that was a daily thing that happened every day. Then you had the holy place. Now, the holy place was reserved only for priests. Only priests could go in there. And inside the holy place was very specific furnishings. There was a lampstand. There was a table with showbread. We're going to get more into this, I promise. Uh, and there was, there was also the, the holy place had very specific things. Then there was the holy of holies. A whole nother layer, which they couldn't even go in except one time a year. Just once. That's how holy God is. He has a space that's built and reserved for him. And he's only going to be there one time a year. For a tabernacle was prepared. That's the tabernacle I just mentioned. That whole little, that was that. Okay. The first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And behind the second veil, that's that third part we just mentioned, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Verse number four, which had the golden censer, the Ark of the Covenant, overlaid on all sides with gold, in which the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod, that but I want you to get this. Hold on a second. This is so amazing to me because the, the, and the holiest of all was the things that were kept in there, the sacred things that were kept. The Ark of the Covenant, which contained the, the Ten Commandments as we know it. This is the, the law. It had Aaron's rod, which again, Aaron, Aaron uh, his rod budded next to the people that tried to rise up against him. That's a whole other story. We'll talk about it later. And then there was a pot of manna. All of these things were to remind the people what God had done for them. I want you to get this because the, the, one of the greatest things God will continue to do is remind you how good he is to you. And I think the concept escapes us because he's so good all the time. All the time, he's so good. And because of that, we feel we deserve his goodness. Most of us in this room really believe we deserve the goodness of God. We actually believe that. We believe we've earned something from God. I've, I've, been, I've been guilty of that where it's called self-righteousness. There's a word for it. 
but the, the Bible says, again, righteousness is something that God provides. And even the righteousness we have now, he has provided for through Jesus Christ. Let me get to it. Uh, verse 5. Y'all still there? The tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. My God, of these things, we cannot speak in detail. Let me tell you why. Because the mercy of God is so far beyond us, we will never really be able to really grasp it. Mercy, understand, can only be talked about in relation to offense. One more time. Mercy cannot even be mentioned unless you're talking about an offender. Here's a good way to remember it. Grace and mercy always go together. We just came out of a grace series, but they are not the same thing. Mercy, here you go. Easy way to remember. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. This is why grace and mercy go together. Because not only should you be dead right now, that's what you deserve. You've been given abundant life. Are you there? So we can't speak in detail. Verse 6. And now when these things had been, had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. Listen, blood was necessary because because of what happened in the garden from that moment on, life had to replace life. My God, life had to replace life. And I get it, you know, we're in a, we got lights and screens and you're in cushy seats, but this is a gory thing we're talking about. We're talking about something that was bought in blood. Bought in blood. The thing running through your veins right now. Someone had to give all of it so that you could sit here in the cushy seat. Y'all still there? Verse number eight. The Holy Spirit indicating this. That the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. You're going to get something real crazy in a minute. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to conscience. Your conscience is the issue here. The issue is we can't get the concept because we know how filthy we actually are. As nice as you look right now, as nice as you smell, hopefully, the reality is you know the real you. And you can't get past the fact that an almighty God can love you the way that he does. Especially when you just messed up again. We all have limits. And at some point, someone crosses our line and we're just done with them. We're just done with them. God has never done that to us. And here's why. Verse 10. Concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings, fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. We don't have time to deal with that. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is not of this creation. 
Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Man, this is so good. Y'all getting this? Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkle the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. My God, that's just the word speaking for itself. You need to understand, in the holiest of all, blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat by the high priest as a reminder of this truth, that the, only the blood of the lamb that God requires will allow him to be able to tolerate us. And he says, I want this. I want to dwell with you, but I can't. Not yet, because I need a place where my holiness can be sustained. And we are not capable of providing a place holy enough for God to dwell. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. You want something done right? God, do it yourself. So he literally provided what he needed to dwell with us. And what he needed was himself. God. Because most of us, we don't, we don't even understand the reason. Listen, listen to the phrase. God loves you. And most of us, let me just, uh, I'm going to ask the question. How many have fallen in love before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, hopefully it's coming for the rest of you. <laughs> My God. Poor things. All right. Uh, <laughs> but listen to the phrase. You fell in love almost like it, it was an accident. Here's the reality. The, 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 what, what, what happened was you gave that person so much of you you didn't fall in love with them. You, fall in, you fell in love with the you that you gave them. And so the you that you put in them is drawing you to them. And so you, in your mind, you think you're in love with them. You're just in love with the you that you put in them. And I'm only saying that to, so you can understand why God loves you so much. He puts so much of himself in you. And so when he says, I want to dwell with you, he's really saying, I want to dwell with myself. <laughs> but, but our conscience is in the way. So we can't get us out of the way long enough for him to dwell long enough with us. My time is up. So he says, 
make me a place that I can stay. 1 Corinthians 6. I'm done. I'm done with you for today. First Corinthians 6. I didn't get to have half of these notes, by the way. Amen. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I want you to understand what God was telling them from the beginning. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. God always intended for us to be the tabernacle. We're still working on it. (laughs) So all of the Old Testament examples, the Bible calls them types and shadows of things to come. Types and shadows. Literally, it speaks of the copy or the thing that's not really the thing. It looks like the thing, but it's not the thing. That's what a shadow is. This stage is pretty well lit, but behind me, I see a shadow. The shadow is not me. The shadow indicates that I'm here, but the shadow's not me. The old covenant tabernacle was a shadow of a tabernacle that was made in heaven already. Most of scripture, according to 1 Corinthians 10, it says that everything that was written was done for our admonition to build, to teach us something, to show us something about God. And in this moment, in this series, what God is trying to show us is, number one, he wants to dwell with us. Number two, he can only dwell with us if there's a place provided for him to do so. He can't just be anywhere. Lay your hands on yourself, if you wouldn't mind. Father, thank you. Thank you for your desire to dwell with us. And so, Father, in this moment, I ask you, touch our minds, renew our minds right now. Sprinkle our minds by faith. We ask you by faith to sprinkle our minds with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse our conscience of dead works right now that we may be able to fully move into the place that you desire for us to be in, and that's the place where you can freely dwell inside of us on a level we can only imagine. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.